After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalif al-Masih V, Ayyadullah Ta'ala ibn Aziz stated, In light of the present situation, and in accordance with the rules the government has put in place, the Friday sermon cannot be delivered before a congregation, in which usually the worshippers are seated in front. Nevertheless, remaining within the laws that are in place, it has been arranged that I deliver the Friday sermon from the mosque. Even if there is no congregation sat before me in the mosque, there are still thousands, if not hundreds of thousands who are listening to it at this moment all around the world. We must always strive to maintain this unity and continue praying in this regard. May Allah the Almighty improve the situation and remove this pandemic so that the beauty and liveliness of the mosque may return once more. Now I shall turn to the topic of today's sermon. I spoke about accounts in the life of Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah two sermons ago and his martyrdom which took place during the battle of the camel was being discussed and I said that I shall speak about this in future. Therefore today I shall speak about this and to a certain degree answer the questions that arise with regards to the Battle of the Camel. Prior to his demise, Hazrat Umar formed a committee for the election of Khilafat. With regards to this, there is a detailed account found in Sahih Bukhari. When the time of Hazrat Umar's demise was near, the people said to him, 
O leader of the faithful, appoint a successor after you as part of your will. Hazrat Umar said, I do not find anyone more suitable for the station of Khilafat than the following persons whom the Holy Prophet had been pleased with before he passed away. Then Hazrat Umar mentioned the names of Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Saad and Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf and said, Abdullah bin Umar will be a witness to you but he will not be entitled to the station of Khilafat. This was said in order to grant comfort to Abdullah bin Umar. If Khilafat is granted to Saad then he shall remain as the Khalifa. Otherwise whoever becomes the Khalifa should seek the help of Saad as I have not removed him from his position because of any incompetence or dishonesty on his part. Hazrat Umar added, I recommend that my successor takes care of the early Muhajireen, i.e. those Muslims who migrated to Medina. To know their rights, and to protect their honor. I also urge to show kindness to the Ansar, for they allowed faith to enter their homes in Medina before allowing the Muhajireen. I recommend that he should accept the good of the righteous among them and excuse their wrongdoings. And I recommend that he should do good to all the people of the towns as they are the protectors of Islam. And the source of wealth and frustrate the enemy. I also recommend that nothing be taken from them except from their surplus with their consent. I also recommend that he do good to the Arab Bedouins as they are the natives of Arabia and they make up the core following of Islam. He should take that from among their possessions which they are not in need of and distribute it amongst their needy. I also recommend him concerning those people who are under the protection of Allah and His Messenger to fulfill the covenants that have been established with them and to defend them and not to overburden them with what is beyond their ability. When Hazrat Umar passed away, we walked out whilst carrying him. Abdullah bin Umar greeted Hazrat Aisha anha and said, Umar bin al-Khattab seeks permission to enter. Hazrat Aisha said, bring him in. He was brought in and buried beside his two companions. When he was buried, the individuals who were named by Hazrat Umar gathered together. Then Abdurrahman said, Select any three candidates among you for Khilafat. Hazrat Zubair said, I give up my right to vote to Abdurrahman bin Auf. Abdurrahman then said to Hazrat Usman and Ali, Whichever of you withdraws their name, 
giving precedence to the one they deem more worthy in the eyes of Allah, we will entrust him with this mantle, and God Almighty and Islam will be his guardian. Both these noble men, i.e. Hazrat Usman and Hazrat Ali, remained silent. Hazrat Abdurrahman then said, Will you both leave this matter to me? And I take Allah as my witness that I will not choose but the better of you. Both of them agreed. So Abdurrahman took the hand of one of them and said, You are related to Allah's Messenger, and you hold a lofty status within Islam which you are aware of. I ask you by Allah to promise that if I select you as our leader, will you do justice? And if I select Uthman as our leader, will you listen to him and obey him? Then Hazrat Abdurrahman took the other aside and said the same to him. When Hazrat Abdurrahman secured this covenant from both of them, he then said, O Uthman, extend your hand. Thus Hazrat Abdurrahman took the pledge of allegiance followed by Hazrat Ali and the members within the household also came and pledged their allegiance. This is the narration found in Bukhari. With regards to the election of Hazrat Uthman as Khalifa, Hazrat Muslim has stated the following. When Hazrat Umar was injured and realized that his demise was imminent, he nominated six persons and advised them to elect the Khalifa from among themselves. They included Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Talha. In addition to them, he included Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar as an advisor. but did not declare him entitled to Khilafat. He also admonished that these people should give their verdict within three days and Suhaib should lead the prayer during that period. He appointed Miqdad bin Al-Aswad to oversee the consultation and the election process and directed him to gather the electoral college at one place and to guard them. He issued more directions. The people should take the bet of the person who is elected by the majority of votes, and if any one of declines to do so, then he should be killed. If there be three votes on each side, then Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar would recommend who the Khalifa should be. If the members of the Electoral College do not agree to the decision of Abdullah bin Umar, then the person favoured by Abdurrahman bin Auf should be appointed as Khalifa. These five companions discussed this matter, as Talha was not in Medina at the time but could not come to any conclusion. After a lengthy discussion, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf asked if anyone wanted to withdraw his name, but all of them remained quiet. On this, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf withdrew his name. Then Hazrat Usman withdrew his name, and then two others did the same. Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu remained quiet. Finally, the members of the Electoral College took a pledge from Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf that he would be completely impartial and entrusted the responsibility of making the decision to them. 
For three days, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf visited every house in Medina to obtain the opinion of every man and woman about the issue. All of them expressed their agreement to the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman. Thus, he gave his verdict in favor of Hazrat Usman and he became the Khalifa. Hazrat Muslimaud has narrated this using various historical references. It is stated in Fathul Bari, the commentary of Sahih Bukhari, that Hazrat Talha was not present when Hazrat Umar was giving his counsel. He returned only when Hazrat Umar had passed away. And it is stated, by this time, the consultation had come to an end. According to another narration, which is regarded as more reliable, Hazrat Talha returned after Hazrat Usman had been elected as the Khalifa. Whatever the case may be, Hazrat Usman was elected as Khalifa and the matters returned to normal. When Hazrat Usman was martyred, everyone rushed to Hazrat Ali, among whom were the companions and the Tabi'een, and said that Hazrat Ali is the new leader of the believers. They all went to his home and expressing their wish to take the pledge of allegiance, they asked him to extend his hand as they regarded him to be the most deserving of this lofty station. In response, Hazrat Ali said, You do not have the right to make this assumption. This is the responsibility of the companions who participated in the Battle of Badr. The Khalifa can only be whoever they are pleased with. Hence, all of the Badri companions came to Hazrat Ali and said, We see no one more worthy than you in this matter. So extend your hand so that we may pledge our allegiance. Hazrat Ali said, Where is Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair? And thus Hazrat Talha was the first to make the verbal pledge and Hazrat Saad was the first to pledge allegiance at the hand of Hazrat Ali. When Hazrat Ali saw this, he went to the mosque, climbed to the pulpit and the first person to come up to pledge his allegiance was Hazrat Talha. Thereafter, Hazrat Zubair and the other companions took the pledge of allegiance at the hand of Hazrat Ali. With regards to whether or not Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anhum pledged their allegiance to Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu Hazrat Muslim Maud radiallahu anhu discusses this matter in one of his speeches in which he responds to the allegations of Khwaja Kamaluddin Sahib This reference is of vital significance. That is why I will mention it here. Hazrat Muslim stated, Do not come under the impression that Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Aisha did not take the Pledge of Allegiance and present this as an excuse. Hazrat Muslim is responding to Khajak Maluddin. They did not reject his Khilafat. Rather, their issue was with regards to the killers of Hazrat Usman. I also say to you that whoever told you that these individuals did not pledge their allegiance to Hazrat Ali is severely mistaken. Hazrat Aisha went and sat in Medina as she confessed her error and Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair did not pass away till they pledged their allegiance. In this regard, some historical references are presented below. From Khasais Kubra, Volume 2, we read, I shall read the translation of the Arabic portion. Hakim narrates that Thor bin Majza told me an incident, saying, On the day of the Battle of the Camel, 
I passed by Hazrat Talha when he was in the state close to death. He asked me, which group are you from? I answered, I am from the party of Hazrat Ali, the leader of the believers. He then said, then extend your hand that I may take the oath at your hand. So he pledged his allegiance at my hand and then passed away. I related the entire incident to Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu. Having heard this, he said, Allahu Akbar, I Allah is the greatest. The Messenger of Allah has spoken the truth. God Almighty did not wish for Hazrat Allah to enter paradise without first pledging his allegiance to me. He was among the ten people who vouchsafed paradise. Once the battle of camel was mentioned in the presence of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, Do the people speak about the battle of the camel? One person replied, Yes, that is what we are discussing. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha then said, Alas, if only I remained sat like the people who remained behind that day. This would have pleased me more than if I had ten children from the Holy Prophet each of whom were like Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Harith bin Hasham. Furthermore, Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair are from among the Ashara Mubashra who were given the glad tidings of entering paradise by the Holy Prophet Indeed, the Holy Prophet's glad tidings is certain to be fulfilled. In addition to this, by leaving, they repented for their actions. Hazrat Muslim Aud has also mentioned this account. Expounding on the martyrdom of Hazrat Usman, the oath of allegiance of Hazrat Ali and the battle of the camel, Hazrat Muslim Aud says, Various groups of the assassins dispersed to different areas. To shield themselves from being convicted of Hazrat Usman's murder, they began deflecting blame upon others. When they learned that Muslims had given the oath of allegiance to Hazrat Ali, it gave them a perfect opportunity to point fingers. It is true that from among those around Hazrat Ali were some of the group who had assassinated Hazrat Usman. This gave the hypocrites an ideal chance to appropriate responsibility. The faction that was heading towards Makkah convinced Hazrat Aisha to announce jihad to avenge the murder of Hazrat Usman. Therefore, Hazrat Aisha anha declared jihad and searched for companions to support her. Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair pledged allegiance to Hazrat Ali on the condition that he would swiftly dispense punishment for the murderers of Hazrat Usman. Their interpretation of swift was contrary to Hazrat Ali's view given the circumstances at the time. Hazrat Ali felt the priority was to first consolidate order in the regions and then turn their attention towards punishing the assassins. He felt the primary objective had to be safeguarding Islam and that there was no harm in delaying punishment for the murderers. There was also differences of opinion about identity of the murderers. Hazrat Ali did not suspect those who had first approached him, who showed deep remorse and sorrow and expressed their concern of discord among the Muslims, to be the architects of this mischief. However, there were others who had doubts about these same people. As a result of these contrasting viewpoints, Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair felt that Hazrat Ali had rescinded his promise to them. They had pledged allegiance to Hazrat Ali on one condition, and now they deemed that the condition had been broken, 
Therefore, they made decisions independent to their oath of allegiance to Hazrat Ali. After learning about Hazrat Aisha's declaration, they too joined forces with her and all of them set out for Basra. The governor of Basra tried to prevent people from joining with them. However, when the residents came to know that Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair had pledged allegiance to Hazrat Ali on a certain condition, the majority joined them. When Hazrat Ali was notified of this, he also prepared an army and advanced towards Basra. Arriving in Basra, Hazrat Ali sent a person to Hazrat Aisha, Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair. The individual first spoke to Hazrat Aisha and asked what her intentions were. Hazrat Aisha replied that she only sought reconciliation and nothing else. The individual then asked Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair if they too had prepared battle for the same reason, to which they replied in the affirmative. The individual explained that if this is your intention, then your recourse to action is mistaken. And this would only lead to discord. The current circumstances in the nation would mean should you kill one person, a thousand more would rise up in defense. Thus, reconciliation can be achieved by first uniting the nation on one hand, then after met out punishment to the mischievous party. Dispensing punishment in the current climate would be akin to wreaking further havoc and disorder. Let law and order first establish itself and then carry out retribution. Hearing this, they said they were ready to meet Hazrat Ali based on this notion. This individual informed Hazrat Ali of the outcome. Both parties finally met and resolved that war was the wrong path to adopt and instead reconciliation should be met. When this news reached Abdullah bin Sabah's men who had perpetrated the killing of Hazrat Usman, they became extremely anxious. And a party from among them gathered in secrecy for consultation. After consultation, they concluded that if the Muslims were to reconcile with one another, it would prove extremely unfavorable for them, because they knew that they would only evade punishment for the killing of Hazrat Usman as long as the Muslims continued to fight against one another. They knew that if there was peace and harmony amongst the Muslims, they will have no escape. Therefore, no matter what, they could not allow this to happen. In the meantime, Hazrat Ali also arrived and on the second day after his arrival, he and Hazrat Zubair met. Hazrat Ali stated to Hazrat Zubair, You have indeed prepared an army to fight against me. But have you also prepared a justification for this, which you should present before your Lord? Why are you all adamant to destroy Islam with your very hands? which you once served by endangering your own lives. Am I not your brother? Why is it that spilling the blood of another was deemed unlawful before, and yet now it has become permissible? It would be understandable if a new injunction had been revealed. But when that is not the case, why then do you stand in opposition? Hazrat Talha was also with Hazrat Zubair at the time. 
and replied, You incited those who killed Hazrat Usman. I curse all those who were involved in the killing of Hazrat Usman, said Hazrat Ali. Addressing Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Ali then stated, Do you not recall that the Holy Prophet once stated, By God, you will fight against Ali and you will be amongst the transgressors. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Zubair returned to his army and vowed that he will not fight against Hazrat Ali and admitted that he had erred in his interpretation of the affairs. When this news spread amongst his army, they were content that battle will no longer take place between them and in fact the two parties will reconcile. However, the rebels who sought to spread mischief became anxious. Therefore, in order to prevent them from reconciling, when night fell, those who had infiltrated in Hazrat Ali's army launched an attack against the army of Hazrat Aisha, Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair, whilst those who had infiltrated in their camp did vice versa. Consequently, this led to chaos and both armies assumed that the other had deceived them. But in actuality, this was a ploy of Abdullah bin Sabah's men. Once the battle had commenced, Hazrat Ali called for someone to inform Hazrat Aisha as perhaps God Almighty may quell the disorder through her. Subsequently, Hazrat Aisha's camel was brought forward. But this led to an even more perilous situation because the rebels, fearing that their ploy was going to fail once again, began to shoot their arrows in the direction of Hazrat Aisha's camel. Hazrat Aisha began to loudly proclaim, O people, cease fighting and recall Allah the Almighty and the Day of Reckoning. However, the rebels failed to pay heed and continued to shoot arrows at Hazrat Aisha's camel. The people of Basra were with the army of Hazrat Aisha and upon witnessing these scenes and the dishonor of Umm al-Mu'mineen Hazrat Aisha, they became extremely infuriated and drew out their swords and launched an attack against the opposing army. Subsequently, Hazrat Aisha's camel became the focal point of the battle. Many companions and valiant men stood around the camel and one by one they began to be slain, but they remained in control of the camel's reins. Hazrat Zubair did not take part in the battle and had distanced himself to one side. However, a wretched individual went from behind whilst he was in a state of prayer and martyred him. Hazrat Talha was martyred in the battlefield and was killed at the hands of the rebels. When the battle intensified, some of the men realized that the only way to stop the battle was by removing Hazrat Aisha from the battlefield. Therefore, they cut the legs of the camel and placed the saddle in which Hazrat Aisha was sat onto the ground. It was only then that the battle stopped. Upon witnessing this entire incident, Hazrat Ali's face became red with sorrow. But there was nothing else that could be done either. When Hazrat Ali witnessed the body of Hazrat Talha amongst those who were slain during the battle, he expressed deep sorrow. From these events, it is evidently clear that the companions were at no fault in this battle. And this was all owing to the evil ploy of those rebels who had killed Hazrat Usman. Moreover, Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair passed away whilst in the bayt of Hazrat Ali because they had turned back from their original intentions and had resolved to support Hazrat Ali. However, they were killed at the hands of the rebels. Hazrat Ali cursed those who killed them. 
Whilst mentioning the Battle of the Camel and Hazrat Talha's martyrdom in another place, Hazrat Muslim Maud states, When prophets appear in the world, those who accept them in the very early days of their claim are in fact considered amongst the most eminent. Every Muslim knows that after the Holy Prophet ﷺ, it was Hazrat Abu Bakr Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, Hazrat Saad and Hazrat Said, who were considered amongst the eminent companions. However, being considered as most eminent did not mean that they enjoyed the most comfort. Rather, it was owing to the fact that they endured greater hardships than anyone else for the sake of their faith. Hazrat Talha remained alive after the demise of the Holy Prophet and witnessed the era when dissension began amongst the Muslims after the martyrdom of Hazrat Usman. Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Aisha were leaders of the party which was of the opinion that the revenge should be sought against those who killed Hazrat Usman. On the other hand, the other party was led by Hazrat Ali and were of the opinion that man was indeed a mortal being. But since Muslims had become divided, Therefore, it was better that they first seek to unite the Muslims in order to re-establish the glory and grandeur of Islam and revenge could be taken later. This disagreement escalated to such an extent that Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Aisha alleged that Hazrat Ali wanted to grant refuge to those whom had martyred Hazrat Usman. Hazrat Ali, on the other hand, alleged that they were giving preference to their personal interests and were not thinking of what was beneficial to Islam. This disagreement went to the most extreme level and resulted in a battle between them a battle in which Hazrat Aisha took command of one of the armies. <coughs> Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair were also part of this battle. As mentioned earlier, that they were initially amongst those who opposed Hazrat Ali. However, Hazrat Zubair heard what Hazrat Ali had to say and thus decided to leave. And Hazrat Talha also wanted to reconcile, but the rebels hatched an evil ploy. Nevertheless, there were two groups which took part in the battle. Whilst the battle was taking place, a companion approached Hazrat Talha and said, O Talha, do you remember on such and such occasion, you were sat in the company of the Holy Prophet and he stated, Talha, there will come a time when you will be part of an army and Ali will be part of a different army. However, Ali will be on the side of the truth and you will be the one in error. Hazrat Talha heard this and immediately realized and said, Yes, I recall this. He then left the army at once. And as he was walking away from the battle so that he could fulfill the words of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, a wretched individual who was fighting from Hazrat Ali's army went from behind and stabbed Hazrat Talha in the back, resulting in his martyrdom. Hazrat Ali was sat in his place Thinking that he would receive a great reward, the killer of Hazrat Talha ran towards Hazrat Ali and said, O leader of the faithful, I give you tidings that your enemy has been killed. Hazrat Ali asked, Who was the enemy? He replied, O leader of the faithful, I have killed Talha. Hazrat Ali then said, O ye who has perpetrated this act, I also give you tidings from the Messenger of Allah that you will be thrown into the hell fire. Because the Holy Prophet ﷺ once said in a gathering in which Talha and I were both present, O Talha, for the sake of the truth and establishing justice, you will have to endure indignity.
and you will be killed by an individual who God Almighty will cast into hell. During this battle, when the armies of Hazrat Ali and, and Hazrat Talha and Zubair were facing one another, Hazrat Talha began to present arguments in favor of his stance. This is prior to the time when a companion reminded him about a saying of the Holy Prophet, as a result of which he left the battlefield. Hazrat Talha began presenting reasons in his favor, when all of a sudden someone from the army of Hazrat Ali said, Silence, O paralyzed one. One of his hands had become completely withered and did not function at all. When he tauntingly referred to him as a disabled and told him to remain silent, Hazrat Talha said, You may have told me to remain silent and refer to my paralyzed hand, but do you even know how this came to be in such a condition? During the Battle of Uhud, when the Muslims became dispersed, there were only 12 companions around the Holy Prophet ﷺ. The enemy had surrounded us from all four corners and fired a burst of arrows in an attempt to kill the Holy Prophet ﷺ, thinking that if this was achieved, it would bring an end to the matter. At the time, each enemy archer had their bow pointing towards the Holy Prophet ﷺ, and they would fire the arrows towards his face. It was during this time when I placed my hand in front of the face of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, all the arrows from the enemy struck my hand to the extent that it became incapacitated and paralyzed, but I never moved my hand from in front of the Holy Prophet's face. <coughs> Regarding this incident of Hazrat Talha during the Battle of the Camel, on one occasion Hazrat Muslimal states, Someone cried out that the paralyzed one had been killed. One companion who heard this said, O wretched one, do you even know how his hand came to be paralyzed? During the Battle of Uhud, when owing to a misunderstanding, the companions dispersed from the battlefield, the enemies learnt that the Holy Prophet was still in the battlefield with only a few companions around him. All of a sudden, an army of 3,000 disbelievers attacked the Holy Prophet Hundreds of archers took up their positions and targeted their arrows in the direction of the Holy Prophet's face in order to pierce him. On that occasion, the one who safeguarded the blessed countenance of the Holy Prophet was Talha. He placed his hand in front and thus every arrow that was have struck the Holy Prophet's face landed on Talha's hand. Arrows would continue to fall and the wound would only deepen, resulting in permanent damage to the tendons and blood vessels of Hazrat Talha's hand, which became paralyzed as a result. Thus, the one whom you look upon with contempt owing to his paralysis, we consider it to be a blessing that each one of us yearns to attain it. <coughs> I was sat next to Hazrat Ali when Imran bin Talha came to see him. He greeted Hazrat Ali with the Islamic greeting, to which Hazrat Ali replied, Marhaba Imran bin Talha, Marhaba. Imran bin Talha said, O leader of the believers, you greet me with the words Marhaba. However, you killed my father and took his wealth. Hazrat Ali replied, Your share of the wealth has been allocated for you and is in Baitul Mal. Kindly take it in the morning. In another narration, it is stated that Hazrat Ali said, I took that wealth under my control, lest other people usurp it. As for your statement that I killed your father, then I am certain that your father and I would be counted amongst those people regarding whom God Almighty has stated, 
ونزعنا ما في صدورهم من غل اخوانا على سر متقابلين meaning and we shall remove whatever of rancor may be in their hearts so that they will become as brothers seated on thrones facing one another Muhammad Ansari narrates on the authority of his father that on the day of the battle of the camel a man came up to Hazrat Ali and asked if the one who killed Talha had permission to enter. The narrator states, I heard Hazrat Ali say, inform him that he shall be cast into hell. When Hazrat Ali was martyred and Hazrat Ali saw his body, he began to wipe the dust of Hazrat Talha's face and said, O Abu Muhammad, it pains me greatly to see you lying here in the dust beneath the starlit sky. He then said, I entrust my anguish and shortcomings before God Almighty. Hazrat Ali said, I entrust my anguish and shortcomings before God Almighty. He then prayed for Hazrat Talha and then said, If only I had departed from this world 20 years earlier. Hazrat Ali and those with him cried profusely. On one occasion, Hazrat Ali heard someone recite the following couplet about Hazrat Talha. فَتَنْ كَانَ يُدْنِيهِ الْغِنَى مِنْ صَدِيقِهِ إِذَا مَا هُوَ إِسْتَغْنَى وَيُبْعِدُهُ الْفَقْرَ Meaning, he was a youth that would enjoy spending time with his friends when he was wealthy and affluent. But during straitened times when he was in need, he would avoid their company. Upon hearing this couplet, Hazrat Ali said, this couplet can only be regarding Abu Muhammad, Talha bin Ubaidullah. May Allah have mercy on him. This concluded the accounts relating to Hazrat Talha. With regards to the present situation, I will read an extract of the Promised Messiah On one occasion, the Promised Messiah said to Mufti Sahib, Allow light to enter the home. This was referring to the time when there was an outbreak of the plague and ensure they are kept clean. One should also ensure their clothes are clean. The Prophet Islam then further said, These are difficult times and the air is contaminated. Cleanliness is also a sunnah. Similarly, it is stated in the Holy Quran, On another occasion, the Prophet said, Where the plague has spread to a certain town or village, those residents should not leave their towns and travel elsewhere. Keep your homes clean and also keep the houses warm. Adopt all the possible preventative measures. Above all, repent in earnest and by bringing about a pious transformation within yourselves, reconcile with God Almighty. Awaken in the night to perform the tahajjud prayer and offer supplications. The Promised Messiah then said, Only by bringing about a true transformation within oneself one can be safeguarded against this divine punishment. During these days, may Allah the Almighty enable every Ahmadi to focus their attention towards prayers. Everyone ought to follow the guidelines issued by the government, keep the homes clean, and incense should also be burnt. Also continue to use dental sprays, etc., which are available. 
May Allah the Almighty bless everyone and shower His mercy. In these days, pay special attention towards supplications. May Allah enable everyone to do so. ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يعذب الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله ونشهد ان محمدا